WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. Well, good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor radio program on 95.9 WATD. Yes, this is my second program. Everybody let me come back, so that's that's a good thing, I suppose. Uh, and I still have to be reminded what the what the uh, phone number is and, you know, what the name of the radio station is. If you've never heard the program before, i uh, give you a little bit of background about myself. I work for the AAA Auto Club. I've been at AAA now for a lifetime, I think. Uh, I think I'm in my 38th year at AAA. Uh, I used to work at the AAA office in Rockland, uh, where we had the Auto Diagnostic Center. I ran that Auto Diagnostic Center from uh, not quite when the doors opened. I think the doors opened in November. I started in March, but I ran it from about March until, or actually it was April 2nd, uh, till, um, till, uh, just about when we moved the headquarters building to Providence, Rhode Island, and we and we closed it. Uh, so I worked there. I worked running the auto diagnostics center as well as the approved auto repair department. And we can talk about approved auto repair, what that is, in a bit. And uh, so we have uh, we have a, a few things to talk about. Uh, and also uh, coming up on the program in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking to Wayne Carini, the host of Chasing Classic Cars. We have him on the schedule sometime in the next month or so. Uh, we also have um, we also have uh, a guy by the name of John Wingle. I I don't know him, but I should because I lived in Abington up until about six or seven months ago, and he runs a place called the uh, the Orphan Garage. And I thought it was really interesting, and I happened to catch it on Chronicle, the TV show Chronicle, this week. So heard that as well. And I think right now we may be talking to Junior D'Amato. Is it Jesse? Is Junior all set with us? He's on the line. He is. Well, how about that? Hey, we got a we got a uh, call from one of our listeners uh, last Sunday who said, "When are you going to have Junior D'Amato on your new radio show?" So I called Junior up and said, hey, how about coming on the new radio show? Junior, good morning. Hey, Mr. John, how are you this happy day? I am good. It's a, it's a sunny day. The humidity has broken. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day outside right now. Not half bad. Not half bad. You're right. And uh, if people don't know you, and I don't know, you know, you've been, you, you were one of the people that got me into doing radio 30 years ago when you were hosting uh, radio programs on a variety of different stations, including a, a network. And you said to me, if, if doing radio interviews is going to be part of your job, why don't you go find a little radio station and volunteer to do a program there? And I did just that because uh, radio radio kind of made me nervous back then. So it was it was you who actually uh, got me into all of this kind of stuff. And and at the time, you had your shop at uh, uh, up in Hyde Park, Junior's Automotive in Hyde Park, and then yeah. you expanded it down to Middleborough. And uh, now you've now you've uh, settled on the one big shop down in Middleborough. That's that's a, a big place down there. What's that, about 40,000 square feet, 30,000 square feet? It's a big building. It's a very large building. It's probably 24 lifts, and it works out very, very nicely. 
And uh, oh. you know, you're you're you've been writing about cars and talking about cars for a long time, uh, and uh, you've been in this business for a long time. And I, and when when I when I did get a call last week that said, "When are you going to have Junior on?" and I said, "We might have him on as soon as next week." And he said to me, "Well, you're probably going to talk about restaurants as well as cars, right?" Well, restaurants are my, my forte. I enjoy going to restaurants. I enjoy all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, but the automobiles are something that have uh, really done well for us over the years. And it's, uh, you know, we've been in this for, geez, what, 50-odd years fixing these things. And it works out pretty nicely. And, you know, you're in the shop every single day fixing cars. And uh, you're seeing some of the, you know, some of the newer problems that are starting to crop up. And if you talk to somebody who hasn't been in a repair shop in 20 years and you told them about uh, a CAN bus that went down or, you know, a low and high speed CAN bus, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. They would think they would think you were talking about the bus that goes by the front of the building. Yep. Uh, it was that uh, you would think, when you think CAN bus, you would definitely think that, you know, and that's kind of whacked out, you know. And yeah, it's the tech, it's the technology that we're seeing starting to change, and and it's things like uh, you know all the sensors that are in cars today. It used to be you you'd replace a windshield in a car and you wouldn't think much of it, but now there's cameras that have to be lined up and sensors that need to be lined up. It's get it's getting pretty complicated out there. Yeah, it's it's really pretty uh, pretty crazy what's going on in this world with these things, you know. And uh, the, the whole thing with automobiles is that you know with they're more than just a a vehicle to get us from point A to point B. Uh, the thing with these vehicles uh, is that we need them uh, to drive, number one. Plus, it's an extension of our bodies. When you get into a car, it's an extension, basically, of your body. And that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. And the technology that's in these cars today, number one, is incredible. Number two, and more importantly, is the serviceability. I've never seen more cars with bad engines in my entire life and sludge buildup in these engines. It's pretty much incredible, John, uh, what I'm seeing uh, that's going on with these vehicles. I mean, I'm just amazed myself. I really am. Are you trying to talk your customers into, and for all the right reasons, into synthetic oil and most of the oil changes to try to try to you know, for people that, you know, back when I started to repair cars, uh, it was not unusual to do oil changes every couple thousand miles. In fact, you know, back in the old, old days, you'd do an yeah. oil change, and then you'd, you'd skip the filter the first oil change, and you'd do the filter the second one coming around. And that might have only been a total of 3,000 miles. Now we're seeing oil changes at 10,000 miles or more, right? Yo, yo, you're seeing, uh, Jesus, it's crazy, the... Uh the amount of oil change uh, limitations that we're seeing now. We're seeing 19,000, 20,000 mile oil changes, uh, annual oil changes on a lot of uh, the uh, import cars. Uh, and as far as oil, uh, we have two grades of oil now. Uh, we have uh, what they call full synthetic and then what they call synthetic blend. And I would say that we're going to be out of the uh, synthetic blend by year's end. we all fully synthetic. And we may lose... A, uh, a small amount of people to that. But the other thing is that the price of the uh, full synthetic has come down substantially over the, uh, you know, the past couple of years. 
And oh yeah, full synthetic is, it's the only way to go. It, it is, and I and I use full synthetic in anything that I has have that has a gasoline engine in it. Whether it's my you know my one of my older cars that I have here or my little bit newer car, uh, fully synthetic in those. And and I'm a new uh, I'm a new boat owner, and I know you've had boats for years and years and years. But I use synthetic oil in the boat motor too. Yeah, you, you really don't have any choice. You really should. It makes a big difference. Uh, synthetic oil works really well in uh, just about every kind of uh, engine that's out there. There are a few that do not have oil filters on them. Some of the recreational uh, vehicles are small ones. And, of course, some of the lawnmowers where they want you to use a regular oil, not a, um, a full synthetic of any kind, because there's no filters in those cars. That's right. And so that's, the, that's an issue. Yeah, the last uh, new little lawnmower I bought, uh, there was no way to change the oil on it. It said that uh, just check the oil periodically and add to it as necessary. I was shocked when yeah. I read that. Yeah. Now, the, yeah. The big problem with the big problem with engine oil today is the uh, the amount of cleanliness and additives and cleaning agents. Uh, that are in there. It's very important, number one. Number two, the amount of internal engines uh, that we have today with all the high-tech, they run so clean and so lean, they need to have a very specific uh, type of oil with a specific oil package. It's no more just uh, going by what they call an API logo. You really got to look at the big picture on this stuff. Yeah, and it's pretty easy to, you know, I've seen, and I know you've seen it as well, that, you know, somebody, you know, an engine that uh, has especially uh, multiple uh, uh, cylinder shutoff where it will run from, you know, eight cylinders to six to four or just, or, or six to three or whatever the case is and somebody decides well it it uses 5w20 oil or 0w20 but i'm going to put i'm going to put uh i'm going to put 1040 in and it causes the engine to misfire afterwards yeah it's not it's not a good situation at all when they do that and again you've got to be extremely careful and you know the price of an average oil change today has really escalated in dollar amounts they've gone way up in price uh because of the amount of oil these cars take some cars take you know uh eight nine ten fourteen quarts of oil uh I got oil for my truck yesterday and it was uh whatever brand it was it was uh, rotella and I think it was about ten bucks a quart for the um synthetic uh, Rotella for the ramp truck, and that holds about 14 quarts of oil. Then you got a big oil filter on it, and then you got that urey fluid, the, uh, the Depi urey fluid you have to put in that uh, has about a 67% water mixed to it. I mean, there's just so much expense with these guys with all the ramp trucks, tow trucks, and the regular diesels out there. Oh, yeah. So there's, and a whole like, lot of, there's a whole lot of stuff you got to look at. Yeah, and like you mentioned, unfortunately, some, you know, some shops and, and You've seen it as well as I've seen it that, you know, they're still dumping five quarts of oil in and sending people on their way. And the older Volkswagen that sits where I am here takes six and a quarter quarts of oil. Some Ford F-150s take uh, eight quarts of oil. They leave the oil chain shop and they're down three quarts of oil sometimes. That's very, very, very common. And, you know, you talked about the GM cars. We've seen a tremendous amount of valve lifter failure on GM vehicles at the variable uh, cylinder displacement where they go to V864. Uh, it's, it's terrible, the amount of valve lifters that we've had to uh, do on those cars, uh, and mostly trucks. And those trucks, you have to pull the cylinder head off on a LS motor to get to the valve lifter. It's a problem. 
Yeah, I can I can see how that would be. And and how do you fix that by doing more oil changes, right? Uh, yeah, but I think they're having issues with those things myself. Yeah, they, personally. yeah, yeah. I think I think all those six O's with the variable uh, engine cylinder management they they have issues. And and some of those and some of those were I remember being in a late model GM truck with you and it was brand new and this was a this was I don't know four or five years ago and uh-huh. you could feel a vibration in the truck and and we kind of looked at each other and said this is the reason that I don't think I'd buy this truck and this was I don't know this was five years ago but you could feel the combination of the transmission and the cylinder shut off and it had this vibration in it that wasn't very pleasant. And they can't get rid of it. That vibration is there to stay. Yeah. And there's, you know, a lot of people uh, brought the trucks back. One of my friends did back and forth, back and forth. And we ended up putting in a um, a different tune in the car by going by way of the ALDL connector under the dashboard, and that straightened everything out. Yeah, something. Has, yeah, they can't do it. They can't get rid of it the way they do it. So the aftermarket companies have a uh, chip that goes, goes just plugs right in, and it makes a big difference. Yeah, and and you talk about you talk about costs in general, and and the cost of you know going into a repair shop these days. I remember when hourly rates in repair shops were I don't know twenty five or thirty dollars an hour. We're seeing we're seeing hourly rates a hundred to one hundred and seventy five dollars an hour now, right? Uh, it's dealer uh, dealer rates are probably anywhere from one twenty five to one seventy five for uh, for you know money and. Um, the uh, shop rates, their average shop rates now in most repair shops are anywhere from 95 to 120 yeah. on average. And, you know, it's just, it's just incredible, the stuff that we're seeing, John. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, I... I... You know, I probably were uh, was in your shop in the last few months, and you literally have a wall of scan tools. Uh, so you need to be up. You need to have the latest equipment, and you need to and you, and and it's not like that equipment's cheap. You need to buy it to be able to repair the cars and stay on top of everything. I have a few companies that come out. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's kind of like uh, what's going on. So we're in the ramp truck today, uh, out in the road doing our stuff. You know. Yeah, and, uh, and we're having some fun along the way. Yeah, and I know you are. And you know when you're when you're not in your ramp truck, you do actually get to drive some of the new cars, just like I do. Is there anything? Is there anything that you've driven lately that either surprised you in a good way or surprised you in a bad way? Yeah, the, the cars that we see today that you and I get to drive every week. I've got a Mazda Miata that's definitely a throwback uh, to the uh, early days, and that Mazda Miata that I'm driving. Um, you know, the only thing I don't really like about it is it has a hard top that uh, folds down, but you still have those two pieces on either end of the rear quarters, um, kind of like the Corvettes and the Ferraris and things like that. Uh, the soft top is gone, but Mercedes got the right idea. They're bringing the soft top back on the new SL, and they put the new SL at about, a, I think, about thirty-five or $40,000 more than its predecessor. They didn't make an SL last year. So the new SL has really come a long way. Yeah, and it should I, be pretty interesting. I, I'm sure it will be in that in that Miata hardtop convertible. Uh, you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty stylish looking car. But I know when I drove it a few years ago, and I haven't driven a Miata in years, but when I drove it a few years ago, I found it because of the hardtop design. I felt it to be a little claustrophobic inside, which is something I didn't feel in the soft top Miata. Yeah, well, you're a lot bigger than I am, taller, and what I found, and wider, 
I'm just a little slender, small little guy. We are a nice, big, heavy-duty, medium guy. Uh, the big difference in the uh, Miatas is, yeah, uh, when you get in and out of it, it is definitely smaller. Uh, I do miss the rag top. However, the hard top, the retractable hard top, is very, very quiet. And it, it, it really, the body integrity, Johnny, is really good on the car. It, it really is. I mean, and and you got to think. I mean, they've been building Miatas for what twenty some odd years now. If they didn't it's get, if they haven't, if they haven't got them right by now, when are they going to get them right? Uh, you know, the other thing that Miata needs, it needs a little bit more get up and go. It could use a, a turbocharger or a supercharger. Everybody has the kits for them, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of a that's kind of a problem. They don't have it. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they don't, and maybe they don't because they they're leaving it to the aftermarket. They're leaving it to the tuners. They're letting it, they're letting people who are the enthusiasts want right. to want to add it and make it themselves. Who you know who knows who knows what the reason was. And uh, you know you can't you can't you know open a newspaper or listen to the radio or TV these days without. Uh, seeing everything, it's all electric these days. Everybody's talking about some of these electric cars. And you and I were at a New England Motor Press meeting a, a, a week or so ago, and and uh, Hyundai was there with with a bunch of their electric cars, and th- some of those were pretty impressive. Well, there's no question that Kia and Hyundai, brother and sister companies, they've got some beautiful, wonderful, great uh, you know vehicles now. They really do. And the electric stuff that they have is just uh, unbelievable. I mean, I, I've driven to, I think, every Hyundai that they have, and it's just blown away how nice they are. And you look at all the big boys now. You look at the uh, Volkswagens. You look at the Audis. Uh, you look at the Bentleys. Everybody's sticking hybrids together. I think hybrid is definitely a nice way to go. It gives you the extra kick in the pants when you need the power, and you don't have to worry about, uh, am I going to run out of electricity driving it? So that's something that I think is... Uh, you know, going to be here. Now, California mentioned in 35, they're going to get rid of uh, all new vehicles with gasoline. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you're still going to need to have trucks uh, with gasoline or diesel, diesel fuel more than likely, uh, to pull the cars in and out, to move the stuff around. Now, once you put all that stuff into play, how the heck are you going to uh, power up all those uh, battery cars with the system that they have now? If they can't handle what they have now out in California. Yeah, so it's like good. Putting, <laughs> yeah. The before the horse. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. And, and uh, you know, politics aside, you're right. The, you know, I talked to somebody from National Grid this year and asked them how they're yeah. doing. You know, how they, you know, right now it's only about, you know, less than 3% of the cars in, in the National Grid area are electric. Yeah. You know, how are they going to be able to handle that when it becomes 40 or 50%? And they claim that they're starting to look at, uh, you know, Building the grid up, getting more power supplies, getting the ability to balance it a little bit better, uh, and to and to make also make charging uh, something that can be done kind of uh, with less problems and, and in public areas. There, I think it's the city, the city of Medford or something has started to mount charging. Uh, charging stations up on telephone poles you pull up to the telephone pole you push a button the cable comes down it drops down from about 10 feet above you and you can plug it in and charge up your electric car and it comes right off the pole so they're looking at that but they're also looking at things like the battery in that the big battery in that electric car there may be times where if you opt to do it 
you can have that battery send electricity back to the grid just like people with solar panels do where they where the meter sort of spins backwards when they're making their own electricity yeah. and your car yeah. may actually power up the house next door to you you never know well things are going to change everything is going forward and it's going to be a definite uh, the next five years are going to be pretty interesting what's going to happen with all of these vehicles yeah but, I mean, it, even the exotic car companies are playing with us now so it's it's a big deal going on right now yeah you're you're right and it was uh you know it was a uh, it was big news if you only read the headline uh a week or so about uh what dodge is going to do oh they're doing away with the hellcats they're doing away with this but they if you read further down there it, it uh, they may not be quite doing away with them right well, I, I think that the, the cars that they're going to build, the Hellcats, the Chargers, uh, the Challengers, all those cars that we have known over the past 20 years, that was a good run for them. Yeah. Uh, they're going to make some big changes. They're going to electrify a lot of them, and they're going to be fast and powerful. Um, as far as the Hemi engine that they have, that's going to be um, not going in those things. They're going to end up putting those things in the trucks and the SUVs. But uh, as far as the Hemi going back in the uh, Challenger, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, last, the end of the year, the auto one. last week when we were talking to the folks from Dodge, uh, they sort of mentioned that one of the reasons the, the big Hemi won't work is because it can't meet the emissions requirements that are going to be coming out in the future. So one of the reasons uh, that they know... Between you and I, John, uh, they can make just about anything meet an emission purpose, okay? What they want to do is they want to go for that cafe all around the world and... Uh, by lowering the cafe that they have to worry about, which is the corporate average fuel economy, they need to uh, delete these things, number one. There's also the fuel mileage. There's a, a you know, they, well, they hit you for three grand, 3500 yeah. uh, on the uh, on the tax because your car uses too much gas. So, yeah, you know, that's, it, uh, that's it, your mileage, you know. Yeah, and and those and those phone cars, you know, people people aren't driving those cars every single day, and and those are those are usually second or third cars in people's households. So I, yep. I kind of look at those as a little bit different, and they're you know they're paying they're paying that tax for that reason, and they they want to enjoy the car where they can. I was just at a car show yesterday afternoon, and everything from some old exotics like uh, like uh, a Pantera was there to some new things like new Corvettes and, and newer Corvettes to some real yep. old-time hot rods. And always great mm. to see that the old car hobby is good. What kind of bothered me a little bit, um, you know, the people that own these cars, and some of them I, I looked at a truck uh, that I bet the guy had a couple hundred grand into. Uh, the problem is, uh, you know, Pretty much, pretty much everybody at this, everybody who owned a car at the car show was uh, sixty and above. Yep, kind of because crazy. of the because of the cost. Yeah, you know. But hey, you know what? It's going to roll. So you got your new radio program. You're doing really well. I'm really happy. You're on a nice uh, FM. If I remember when Jerry Williams was live, there were two kinds of radio stations: AM for active minds and FM for feeble minds. That well, was back in the day on RKO. That was, that was kind of crazy. But you've got some good reception, and, uh, you know, it's really pretty good to hear, you know, you know, you made what you did, and you're doing what you do, plus you're online, and this, that, and the other thing. Yep. So congrats. Yeah, yeah and if people and if people want to find you, you can, you can uh, kind of find you on Facebook. But more importantly, if they want to find your shop down in Middleborough, where is it? It's uh, right by Dave's Diner, 359 West Grove Street, Mr. John. And uh, why don't you give out the phone number two? We'll give you a little plug here. Well, I got a, I got a plug to go with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's five zero eight nine four six 
2227. And if so, uh, you want old cars, there's plenty of old cars in the shop now. They just towed in a couple of Mustangs yesterday that haven't run in years, and there's a couple of Chevelles, and of course, the old Corvettes are down there. So we do both old and new, John. Old, old, and old and new at Juniors Automotive uh, in Middleborough, and like you said, if you're looking for a landmark, look for Dave's Diner. Great place to stop and have breakfast or lunch, and yep. uh, you know, uh, stop in, stop in, and uh, you know, have have a little something to eat. Go across the street to Juniors Automotive, check out what's going on there, and uh, it's uh, you know, you've you've repaired you've repaired a car or two of mine, and uh, you're open you're open Monday through Friday from. I don't know what time you get there. You get there in the middle of the night. But when does when do the doors officially the, open? The official hour is seven thirty to five thirty Monday through Friday. Uh, no more weekends, John. We gave that up. Good idea. Good idea. Take your weekends and enjoy it. In fact, right now, why don't you why don't you take the rest of the day off? How about that? You're a great guy, great boss. I'll definitely catch up with you, John. John. All right. And, all right. Uh, we'll be listening, buddy. And I'll be all talking right. to you. All right. Take care, Junior. Bye bye. Bye bye. We need to take a break and pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD, South Shore's radio station. The call now number is, is the t- 781-837-4900. Again, that phone number is 781-837-4900. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, uh, maybe we'll play a little bit of trivia. And, uh, you know, poor Jesse, I, I, you know, we don't even know each other. And I've been sending him, I've been sending him musical trivia. We did one, we kind of, it was kind of musical last week. This week we have a musical trivia question coming up. And we'll, we'll do that. And the prize is uh, sort of left over from last week. I, I hate to say it was left over because it's not. But it's the original astronaut space pen. It's made by Fisher. And it is a... Uh, it's flown on every crewed mission with NASA because it's guaranteed to perform at uh, all kinds of crazy temperatures from minus 30 to 250 degrees. You can write you can write on oil upside down, last three times longer than an average pen. So uh, you will get a original astronaut space pen. Why don't we take that break? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. Now is the time for fall planning. Allow landscaping by J. Michael, the South Shore's landscaping experts, the opportunity to plant your seasonal decor such as mums, aster, ornamental kale, and spring bulbs. Also, by installing your trees and shrubs now, you beat the spring rush and enjoy your plants today. Don't forget about having your sprinkler system serviced before the winter is upon us. The experienced teams at J. Michael have been servicing Marshfield and the surrounding towns since 1986. Give them a call today, 781-834-5700. Follow them on Facebook for tips, tricks, fire pits, patios, and everything landscaping. Don't miss the Just Steph show every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. for fun guests and tips on living your best life every day. I'm bringing sexy back to Monday nights. Tomorrow night from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor on 95.9 WATD. Now back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. I, you know, for I should I should have a, a camera on or something here because I have a piece of paper in front of me to make sure that I say it right and make sure I say the phone number correctly, which is 781-837-4900. And back in the 60s, I think it was 1964, Ronnie and the Daytonas uh, introduced a song GTO, and it was GTO. But later on, another car company in, used the same 
music. And I think it was in 1984, but in the, uh, in the uh, original GTO song, so we'll let we'll let the original song play. So if you want to if you want to play the original song, Jesse. All right, I, I hope I have these in the right order. We're gonna try. Real uh, quick. Well, if not, if not, the the answer is gonna be uh, hard to hard to explain. Then. <laughs> All right, here we go. Little GTO, you really looking fine. Little GTO, you really There we go. That was the original song. So in the in the I believe it was in the eighties, another car company used the same song. And if you know the answer to what that car company was, give us a call at seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred and we will send you out this uh really pretty fancy uh, uh space pen by by uh by Fisher and it is a uh it's 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 pretty good and it's um i'm i'm using one now i they they sent me one and then they mistakenly sent me another one so that's why i'm that's why i'm going to give it away so that's the reason behind it so if you if you uh if you know that give us a call at 781-837-4900 if you know what the car company was that used that used that same Ronnie and the Daytona song, but they did it a little bit differently in the nineteen eighties. So give us a call at seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. If you know the answer, we will give you a prize. Well we have Paul and Braintree on the line. I don't know if he has the answer for the well, contest, we'll, but we can we'll, check and see. We'll find out. Our buddy Paul and Braintree. Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning, John. No, I don't have the answer and uh you know let somebody else uh win the pen uh the the pen. Um I haven't. I haven't a clue. I mean, it, matter of fact, I thought it was the Beach Boys singing. Shows you where I am uh, singing that. Uh, but uh, uh, sadly, I remember the original GTOs. Uh, uh, I just basically call us just to welcome you back to to uh, radio again and have a great signal uh, here at uh, WATD. Uh, I can put on my uh, radio, basic radio, turn it to the station, and at uh, ninety five point nine. I don't have the number right and you can do it online so it's it's coming in loud and clear and by the way i i love the you're you're starting to rival hemmings uh with the auto show postings you have um some of the great cars you've posted over the last couple of weeks uh, are really uh, uh outstanding hemmings is kind of i don't know i don't uh, if you follow hemmings they, i don't know if they've changed their format uh but it was usually just fun browsing through the different cars and now it seems to have changed. It's more limited. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah well, for another day. well, Hemmings. Hemmings. When I knew, when I first knew them, when they used to put out their big book, you know, the the Bible of the old car hobby, mm-hmm. and and they were very specific to say it was Bible with a small b. Um, but they they that was a guy by the name of Terry Eric, and it was his actually father-in-law's publication that he took over i believe and he ran that publication as kind of a kind of a real 
I want to call it almost kind of a little grassroots publication, even though it was very popular all over the world. And he was nice enough that he would invite some automotive folks up uh, once a year or so up to his area, up in uh, Bennington, Vermont. And you would get to go to watch where the where the publication was put together, and as well as some of their other stuff, which was their calendars and some of their specialty publications. And Craig Fitzgerald, who's been on this program a few times, he was he was an editor up there. And uh, but w- you'd go up there, and Kerry would drag out a lot of his old cars. He had a lot of old cars. A lot of them, a lot of them said Hemmings Motor News on the side of them. But he would bring out these old cars, and I got to drive everything from you know I think a. Uh, you know, Model A Ford to a, uh, I don't know, 65 or 66 Corvair and sort of everything in between. But I never really drove much prior to 1950s cars. So driving things from the 1920s through the 1940s was sort of interesting to kind of really learn how much cars have changed. So it was always kind of fun going up there to see what he had going. And he was also friends with a lot of the old car hobby folks and even old motorcycle folks. So I got to drive a, you know, a, a classic Indian motorcycle, but also got to drive a, a, the only time I've ever driven a motorcycle with a sidecar. It was sort of a knockoff version of a, um, of a, of a BMW. I think it was a Ural, U-R-A-L, and it was a, uh, but it was a car with a sidecar with the sidecar wheel that was also driven by a drive shaft. So it was basically the rear wheels were two-wheel drive, and according to the manufacturer, you could use that thing year-round in the snow if you put snow tires on it. So it was kind of fun stuff to see. But over time, that the you know Terry Terry unfortunately got sick and passed away. His I think it was his brother tried to run the company, ended up selling it, and it's changed just like you know things change. You know the company's changed a little bit. So although it's still a great place if you're if you're kind of, you know, dreaming about a classic car, it's still a good place to go look around. And if you have a car for sale, and also take advantage of some of the the vendors in there, whether it's somebody who's, you know, doing appraisals on cars, it's still it's still a great place to look around. So, um, and, yeah, and Paul, fun. yeah, it was. And Paul, what you were talking about, where. Um, uh, on my own Facebook page, if people want to try to find me on Facebook, uh, my personal page is Mr. John F. Paul on Facebook. Uh, John Knows Cars is another Facebook page that I have. Uh, it doesn't have quite as much stuff on it. And also the Car Doctor podcast is on Facebook. But you can, you can if you want to follow me, uh, where I live now on Cape Cod, uh, every Saturday through the summertime, there's a pretty good car show that takes place at patriot place which is uh which is a shopping mall or not a shopping mall a shopping center where where stop and shop is and also the AAA office and um it is uh they they do this great show in this past this past saturday yesterday they had a little bit different show usually it's a usually it starts at 4 30 or so and goes till 7 this was an actual all-out car show started around noontime and it went to five there was some great cars i think the weather scared a few people away but there was yeah. some there was some absolutely stunning cars on display and it seems like every week as much as there's as much as the uh 
the members of the the car club have their cars there 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 are cars there that i that i hadn't seen from one week to the next and you look around and, and uh, the amount of money that people put into the, some of these cars are absolutely incredible too uh I see and, the, and, and the amount of time and effort i see a 1940 buick that i'm looking at on your facebook page which is uh beautiful yeah i i mean the cars there the cars there are generally Really, I, I guess I guess maybe just people, you know, the amount they put into some of these cars. But one of my favorites that I saw there yesterday that I never saw before was uh, was a, a Pontiac uh, station wagon, and it was kind of all done up with you know a picnic kit in the back and everything. The car was absolutely stunning, and it was it was probably in the early '60s, '62, '63 maybe, and there was a there was a pair of. Uh, um, uh, six, it was a 63 and a 64 Chevy Impala. One was a hot rod. One was not. One was just a big engine car that was a factory engine in it. I mean, absolutely beautiful cars. So was, there were great stuff to see. Uh, it Austin really was. Healy, I think. Is, a, is that, uh, I can't tell if it's a deep green or a black Austin Healey. Con- uh, obviously convertible. Is yeah, that, that was an Austin Healey. Yeah, it's an Austin Healey 3000. That came in, that came in a little bit later. Uh, and uh, I saw it go by, and it sounded it sounded almost too good. I was wondering, is this a reproduction? But no, it was absolutely original. Austin Healey uh, three thousand. The, the uh, uh, it was a husband and wife, I think, who who brought it in. Absolutely beautiful car. There was always uh, some amazing yeah. stuff there. It is. Well, welcome back to to radio, and and uh, you know, I th- I think you kind of have a better signal, and hoping reach you out to people. And uh, just speaking from personal experience, your advice is always uh, top-notch. You've kept my car running for more years than I expected it to be. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's great. I just have to buy new tires, and maybe some future program you can uh, do a program on what kind of tires uh, uh, people should buy for cars of certain age. And, no, uh, no I, I, I think that's a good idea. Maybe we should have the folks from Sullivan Tire on. I think that would probably be a good place to start. Good idea. Hey, All congratulations. Right. And, All right, uh, thanks, Paul. Uh, you know, I'm sorry we're tying up your, your Sundays, but it's well worth it. All right, well, thanks, Paul. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. Well, I think we have uh, Mike from Bridgewater up next. Is that is that what I have? Uh, that is correct. Mike, Michael, is that you? Yes, sir. Good morning, John. Good morning. Okay, so, so um, I'll give it a guess here. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Ferrari. I'm going to have to say you're wrong. And again, really interesting. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. This, this is two in a row because there was a song, uh, Ferrari GTO, in the 80s. It was by a, a, a lady. And yeah. um, interestingly enough, when you said the 80s, I'm thinking, okay, so that's got to be the song when you when you checked it well, out. Well, well, you, you, we actually have a clip of the song, and when we get the right answer, we'll, we'll play the song, and when you hear it, you'll go, uh-huh, of course that's what it was. Oh, oh, oh of course, that, I, and I'll, I'll be listening for that. Thanks, John. All right, all right, take care. Bye-bye now. Ciao. All right. So where are we going next, Jesse? I forgot. Hang on one second. Oh. It was Charlie from Plymouth. Charlie from Plymouth. All right. Let's talk to Charlie from Plymouth. Charlie, what do you think? Well, I don't have the right answer because it's a Pontiac GTO. Well, the Pontiac GTO was the original song with Ronnie and the right. Daytonas, but 
there was a there was another time that that same song was used the words were changed yeah. a little bit but they were used by they were used by it was used by a different car company so when it was okay. and i believe and i believe it was in the i believe it was in the early 80s oh all right okay cuz they made that car too and what was it austria or something or gm subsidiary holden Oh yeah, they Holden. Made Holden made. You're right. Holden made. Holden was the Australian Chevy, and they Australia. actually, yeah, and they actually for a few years there brought that GTO, that new GTO. It was in the 2000s, I guess, and that was. Yeah. It was basically. It was basically a, a two door kind of Chevy Impala with a Corvette engine in it. And it was a. It oh. was a really. It was a really nice car. They did a really nice job with it. That was. Um, that was when uh, GM kind of had sort of uh, a, a variety of, I think, people in charge of of the car, and that was and and that was one of those times that they said, "Well, let's take advantage of some of the cars we we build in other parts of the world." And since then, I believe General Motors has sold the Holden Fran- Holden company, uh, and, and they don't make they don't make cars in Australia anymore. But they made also the Holden made something that was the equivalent of an El Camino, so you oh. could buy you could buy a new sort of you know what in Australia they call a Ute, which you can't really buy a Ute anymore. I mean, they, you, you know, back in back in you know. Uh, you know the El Camino and the Ranchero, and today, and we've had we've had uh, this guy on before. This guy Mark Smith, um, he he sells these kits where you can turn things like a Dodge Charger into a Ute. You can turn an Audi A4 into a Ute. You can turn a, a Jeep uh, Wagoneer or a Jeep uh, Cherokee into a Ute, and basically he sells you all the parts where you cut off the back of the car and put a bed on it and make it into a make it into a pretty useful little vehicle. And and some of them are, are really good looking. And the people that are done and and he occasionally builds a uh, builds one that's all put together. And if you it, it's uh, it's, I think it's Smythe, he, he, he spells it Smythe, S, uh, mm-hmm. with a Y, and if you look it up, I think he, he might have, a, he might have a, actually a couple for sale, but mostly what he does is sell the kits, so it becomes a do-it-yourself kind of thing, make your own little ute, so kind of neat. But unfortunately, oh. unfortunately your, your answer is wrong, it wasn't, it wasn't the Pontiac GTO, it was another, right. it was another car company that used, that used that name, so oh, sorry, sorry to disappoint you. I just got one quick story for you. Back in the 60s, my friend had a GTO, and in the wintertime, the road that goes from Kingston to Plimpton, yep. like back then, he lost control on the ice. We must have slid 100 yards down the road, right, before the car went off the side of the road, and no vehicles were even around back in the 1968, I'd say, right around there. That's funny, huh? Well, well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, no one got hurt, and hopefully, the car didn't get banged up too bad. So, no, it's just like you, you know, trying to keep it on the road, and but there was no one around back then. Back in 1968, the road from like Kingston to Plimpton that comes in the the traffic lights over there. I don't All know right. what it's. All right. Yeah. Well, well, good guess. Anyway, we we'll, we'll, we got somebody else on the line. Let's see if they know the okay. answer. All right. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Bye, bye. I think we're going to Jess in Situate, Rhode Island. Good morning, Jess. Hey, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Okay, I want to take a wild guess because it's 
I'm thinking about the early 80s cars. I'm thinking of a Plymouth Gran Turismo. Uh, that would be wrong. Oh wow! Okay. I didn't think I didn't think this would be that hard a question. I thought people would yeah, kind of mm. get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, All right. well, Jess, thanks for listening. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Well, I, it sounds like we need to give a give a a hint here. Um, and again, our phone number is seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. And the hint is, and kind of kind of what Jess said from Situate was. That uh, it is, um, we'll we'll say that we'll say the first is the GT part of it. Uh, so uh, so it was a car that the name was sort of GT, kind of, but it was uh, sort of sort of the eighties, and it was uh, it was the same music that Ronnie and the Daytonas did, but completely different words, sort of. They did use the GT part of it. So that's about as much of a hint that I can come up with, I think. So if you know the answer, 781-837-4900. And Jesse, do we need to take another break? We can do that. Why don't we take another break? And if you know the answer, 781-837-4900. And when we come back, I also got quite a few questions in this week from folks, including somebody who I'm sure didn't go to Sullivan Tire. They they went somewhere to get some tires put on their car, and they got the wrong size, and they're wondering what to do about it. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. We will be right back. There's an electricity in the air and on the ground in downtown Plymouth. From now through Labor Day, anytime you need to get from the waterfront to town square or travel all the way down Court Street, just call the circuit. Don't waste time parking and reparking. The circuit will pick you up and drop you off anywhere in downtown Plymouth. Their electric vehicles save congestion, pollution, and plenty of hassle. Learn more and download the Ride Circuit app today. Expect the best. Three words we've lived by for over 35 years. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart of Stewart Painting. Have you ever wondered what goes into our tagline, Expect the Best? Well, it starts off with having great employees who provide quality service, which gives us a great reputation of standing behind our work. We also want you to have a positive experience from the moment you schedule your estimate and meet with your sales team to the final product. It's important to us, whether it's carpentry, house washing, or painting, that all of our employees are committed to your project being done on time and to your satisfaction. Our team of professionals take pride in delivering the best possible service to all of our valued customers. We expect the best, shouldn't you? To schedule your free estimate, call either of our Hyannis or Hingham offices, or to get a virtual quote, go to stuartpaint.com. And remember, Stuart Painting, expect the best. Plymouth County is a large area stretching from just south of Boston down to the Cape Cod Canal. I'm Alex Bazanson. Join me and my guests for countywide coverage, everything from the Mayflower Landing to the most recent town meetings, how national news affects us locally, and how things that happen in Plymouth County affects the rest of the South Shore. Tune in for All About Plymouth County, Tuesday nights at 7, here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on uh, 95.9 WATD. And 
Before we get to our next guests on trivia, one question that just came up, and I talked about it before the break, was somebody wrote to me and said, I purchased two front tires for my car. They rubbed the wheel well when I turned sharp. It turns out the tire store didn't put the factory tires on. The factory spec for tires is 215 45R17, but the tire store installed 215 55R17. Well, when you first look at those really closely, it sounds like they're the same, right? They, it says they rub a little on sharp turns, but not bad. What should I do? Um, well, the new tires have an almost one inch bigger sidewall, so that makes them almost two inches taller than the factory installed tires. When I used a tire comparison rater on those, I think it was 1.8 inches difference between the two tires. The difference can certainly have an effect on braking, handling, and overall ride of the vehicle, and I would say it was their mistake, and even if you just noticed this even months later, I would go back to them and say, look, hey, you put the wrong size tires on my car. You need to put the right ones on. So I would go back to the tire store and, and, and talk about it. Uh, well, we have another guest for trivia. It's our, our friend Mike from uh, from Hingham. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Todd, Doctor. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I cheated, but I got the answer. It's uh, well, GTI. Well, let's 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 verify this with Jesse. Jesse, if you could play that second song for us. Kleiner GTI, du siehst prima aus. Ich liebe dich zu fahren. In Germany, people who love high-performance driving drive a Volkswagen GTI more than anything else. Introducing the 1984. There we go. So there it is. So Mike, you are you are absolutely correct, and you are going to be the recipient of a uh, the original astronaut space pen, which I guess is was going to be at the latest space launch too. So um, it's it's. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a medium point black pen, but it's a pretty nice pen, I will say. I, I've been I've been using it quite a bit. So you you are going to be getting you're going to be getting one. I'll send. I'll sign my checks to John every time. They, I they, check. They, they, I'm there you go. Pay my bills, okay? <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so it's you and my wife that still write checks to pay bills. Is that how it works? That's it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep, I'm, I do that absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll put you back. We'll put you back on hold, and Jesse will get down your your name and address, and we'll get this out in the mail to you sometime this week. Thank you very much, and love the show. Well, thanks, Mike. P- take care. Bye bye. So I'll let Jesse do his work. Uh, someone also wrote to me and said, I've always taken my cars to auto dealers because I've always felt that the original equipment manufacturers, OEM parts, are the best to use. However, I am never comfortable going to the dealership. And this is unfortunately because I do not necessarily trust them as I never know who's working on my car and their skill level, experience, etc. I feel bad about this because this is the this is what I've been doing for you know, pretty much my whole adult life is uh, working in this industry, either hands-on in the industry when I, before I came to work at AAA, and I guess for half of my career at AAA, I also was hands-on, but still answering people. So I feel bad when I, when people feel uncomfortable with what goes on in dealerships. They said, I also feel many dealerships like to upsell services that you don't, that you do not need to make money. Um... Maybe I more like to think with that that maybe they're actually looking out for your best interests that they're trying to take care of you and see what's going on. So uh, maybe they're saying, hey, you're going to need brakes soon. Maybe you're going to need this. Maybe you're going to need that. So it's uh, something something worth uh, 
you know, at least considering if you always have a question. So this person says, I have a couple of questions. Do independent shops install original equipment, OEM parts on request? If not, are the parts they use as good, if not better than the original parts? The only reason I go to the dealer is for the original parts. Perhaps this reason is not alone does not justify going to the dealership for service. I do not want to degrade the quality and performance of my vehicles when having parts installed that are less superior than when installed when it was manufactured. What are your thoughts on this? So um, my thoughts are dealers do great work, but so don't independent shops regarding parts. No independent shop wants to put in inferior parts. They'll usually use the parts that give them the highest success rate. And that may be original equipment parts. Uh, some things like timing belts and catalytic converters. Sometimes that's what they want to put in with. Uh, if you're unsure about going to an independent shop, uh, you know, talk to your friends. Go to AAA.com slash repair. You can find AAA approved repair shops there. Uh, AAA shops offer a two-year 24,000-mile warranty. But try a less complicated job. Go have go have a taillight replaced or go have a oil change done. And and you know see what you think when you're done and if you want to use an original equipment in my i drive i don't drive fancy cars i drive a hyundai uh but i always when i change my oil i like to use the hyundai oil filter because i've noticed some other oil filters i'll get a little bit of a clatter when the engine first starts which i don't get with that let's go to uh joan in norwood who has a question about her car joan good morning john 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 oh john in norwood John in Norwood, who has a question about us. All right, so we'll go to John in Norwood. John? Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Hey, I got a quick question on... Um, oh, welcome back, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Podcasts are nice, but uh, nothing like the radio. I, 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 do enjoy, I, I do enjoy talking to people, and that's why uh, I've, uh, I've, you know, still want to do this. It's always fun to talk to people. So my question is, uh, my daily driver um, is a 23-year-old car now, um, and it needs quite a bit of work. Um, and at a certain point, I start to think, well, you know, if I put $3,000 in repairs into this car and then I get hit and total the car, there's no way that the insurance company is going to give me back, you know, what, what I've got in the car. Right. Because it's so old. At what point... And what does it take to, to switch over to, you know, one of the collector car type insurance plans where, or is there a way with a regular insurance company to say, look, at this car is worth more than the average 1999 car because it's got low miles, it's in great shape, and or, or when do you have to go to like yeah. a classic car company yeah yeah if you would if you went to like american collectors or haggerty insurance uh basically they just do a stated uh value policy so they just kind of look you know you send them pictures of the car and you tell them what you think it's worth and that's how they insure it but you need to have another car insured a regular car insured and this can't be your primary transportation so even though you use it as kind of an everyday car that might not technically qualify for what collector car insurance is about. Collector car insurance is more for people that just drive the car on the weekends, you know, going to car shows, going out for an ice cream, that kind of thing. And it might be, uh, you know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, a, a, a person was uh, visiting across the street with a, with a, uh, a Pontiac this, this week. The car looked brand new, but it was 25 years old. And they really only use it for car shows. It's never been out in wet weather. You know, that would be a perfect example of a collector car insurance 
type of insurance. With your car, though, you might just want to drop all of the, you know, just might kind of decide that, you know, if I'm only going to get X amount of dollars for for what it's worth, maybe either I, you know, just keep all of my liability coverages up and just drop the collision and keep the glass coverage, for instance, keep fire theft and glass on it. So in case you break a windshield or something, you can you can get that taken care of. Um, so even even if you don't drive a lot of miles on the car, they're going to require the, that you have. The, uh, yeah, yeah, it's primary. it's yeah, it's kind of yeah. Again, the the two big companies are, are American Collectors and Haggerty. I would call them up. And what kind of and what kind of car is this? The ninety nine Maxima. Yeah, I mean that car. You know that you know it's it's like you said, it's old enough to be can be considered a collector car. It's old enough to be considered an antique, but they they are going to ask you some questions about when does it get driven and how does it get driven, and depending on how you answer that, they might say, you know, that I think I think it's uh, they may have a three or four thousand mile per year limit on the on how much you can drive it. It was work from home. I'm probably driving that many miles just yeah. because, you know, I don't commute in it five right. days a week anymore um, and haven't for you know, several years now. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's worth it's worth the call to find out what they have to say. It's very reasonable priced insurance. Um, I know somebody who has a bunch of collectors cars. They use they use Haggerty on all of their cars, but the cars don't get very, unfortunately the cars don't get driven very much. They they do have one that's kind of their if you want to call it their daily driver, but still that probably only gets driven a couple thousand miles a year. But it's probably the most modern of the cars that they own, and it's a very drivable car. So you know it has disc brakes and automatic transmission and you know fuel injection, so it starts up and runs really well. But um, but for most people, you know you're in you you're in a very interesting situation where you have a car that you know even even my we we have a spare Volkswagen we keep here and it's an 09 it's got you know 100,000 miles on it it's, it's old and it's tired and it's like we're you know when do you stop putting you know putting collision on it and paying the insurance rates because of because of what's left so you know it's just uh, that's about it hey um you know we we got to get going John but thank you and uh we're just about out of time yeah yeah all right, take care. Thanks, John. Well, that hour seemed to fly by. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I think that flew by with me. Sure so, did. Yep. yeah. So, uh, but we need to we need to think about stepping aside. If you want to get a hold of me during the week, the best way to do that is send me an email at jpaul at aaanortheast.com, or you can find me on uh, on Facebook at Mr. John F. Paul or John Knows Cars on Facebook. Either way. I want to thank you for listening to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD, South Shore's radio station. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see emergency vehicles by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.